0: And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hello there, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, coming to you on Tuesday night, November 13th, 2018, uh, to do an impromptu podcast. Uh, As many of you know, folks, this podcast is usually uh, political in nature. However, uh, as I've said many times before, this podcast also deals with lots of uh, popular culture stuff too. As Andrew Breitbart once famously said when he was alive, politics is downstream from culture. And he was absolutely right. So I do talk a lot about uh, pop culture and entertainment as well on this podcast. And I really can't think of anything more relevant to talk about today, especially considering my personal life and my personal background. Um, folks, there's no other way to say it. Stan Lee basically the godfather of comic books and one of my uh, personal childhood heroes uh, passed away at age 95, which is really incredible uh, that he lived to 95 alone. Uh, That in and of itself is a big deal uh, and then when you couple that with the fact that he created the, that he pretty much created the Marvel uh, comics universe and for almost a total of 60 years oversaw the creation and development, I mean at least for the first 30 arguably he he built the universe of, of Of course, there were other writers and whatnot who uh, came on afterwards, but at least from the 50s to the mid to late 70s, he was the main uh, brainchild of Marvel Comics. And he was a hugely influential figure on many people, um, and I know this is pretty cliched to, to say at this point uh, because it feels like we hear this all the time when a celebrity or public figure passes passes away, right? We always tend to hear that, oh, so-and-so was a huge influence on my life or so-and-so um, had a big influence or changed my life or you know, impacted me in some way, and I usually don't say that about too many uh, celebrities or public figures, but in the case of Stan Lee, folks, this really was true. Many of you who have been longtime listeners and who know me uh, personally know that I'm a huge comic book fan, uh, particularly of the Marvel Universe and particularly of uh the characters that Stanley created uh when he was heading up Marvel, characters like Spider-Man, uh Daredevil, Iron Man, the the rest of the Avengers, uh, so on and so forth. Growing up comic books were a huge part of my life. Uh I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. Uh I first became interested in in comics back when I was, uh, well, really, since I can remember, uh, way back when the Denver Post, which is the newspaper in Colorado, uh, when I was growing up, they used to run the Spider-Man, uh, comic book, the weekly comic strip, that uh, Stanley and John Romita Sr. They that they used to run that in the Denver Post um, when I was a kid. Uh, at least until I was like in third or fourth grade. I, I think they stopped. I, I think the Post lost the rights to circulation or whatnot. You can you can still find it online, but um, I know for a fact that the Post circulated the Spider-Man newspaper strip at least for the first few years when I was reading, and I would read the uh, comic strips, and that was how I more or less got interested in, in reading. Now, don't get me wrong, obviously I learned how to read in school, but uh, comic strips and later on comic books were a huge part of that. Um, and my dad would take me to the comic shop every Saturday to get some new comics as, as a kid. And that was wonderful and exciting because I had no idea that there was a... I mean, I thought newspaper strips were the, bee, the bee's knees already. I was uh, in Valhalla when I discovered that they had entire uh, shops full of comic books, that they made whole books, and you could buy several issues of them, and you know, most kids binge watch uh, Netflix. Now, I used to binge watch, I used to binge read comic books when I was a kid, so it was hugely uh, influential. When I was a, a, a little kid, um, and then when I was eight, and when I was eight uh, or nine, comic books became even more important to me because uh, around the time I was eight, nine years old, ten years old, uh, that was when my parents got divorced. I was uh, eight when it happened. And folks, I mean, divorce was, divorce is always hard for the for the child. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And for me, it was particularly hard because uh, I had a I I I had slash still have a physical uh, disability that uh, has kind made me wheelchair bound. Uh, as many of you know. And so, unlike most kids who could take out their uh, frustration or pain, you know, or just their general emotions about a a divorce, with something like sports or, you know, athletics or whatnot, you know, I, I couldn't do any of that. I, I couldn't I couldn't run away from home if I wanted to. I couldn't, you know, sneak out or do anything. So comic books were really my refuge in comic culture. And uh really from the time I was a preteen, um around, you know, ten or so to really my, you know, to the middle of my teenage years, that was really when I read comics and really learned uh, more about myself, and I was really able to identify uh, with some of the struggles that these characters in the Marvel Universe, particularly Spider-Man, went through. I know it's another cliche that You know, lots of kids are like to Spider-Man, but it is is indeed true, especially, uh, you know, teenage boys. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, too, but Spider-Man is obviously Stanley's most well-recognized creation. And I think the reason for that is because, uh, particularly for teenage boys, he is so identifiable. Uh, early on, and they keep rebooting this, uh, you know, story over and over again. Uh, Peter Parker is basically a high school nerd who, you know, has trouble in school, you know, has trouble with girls, uh, has trouble making friends. All of the things that, you know, teenage boys back in the 60s who are nerds and, you know, today, not even nerds now, just, you know, teenage boys in general, all have to struggle with. And, you know, Peter Parker was and still is a way, you know, lots of of us can relate to him. And the fact that he was able to, you know, become Spider-Man and, you know, have these amazing powers despite all of, you know, his struggles and, you know, the death of his Uncle Ben and whatnot, Uh, you know, and still balance his life as a superhero and a high school student. You know, that, that was fantastic in the sense of the fantastical, but yet it was equally relatable. And that was the success uh, of Spider-Man. And, you know, in the case of one of my favorite heroes, Daredevil, Daredevil also uh, suffers from a crippling disability and blindness. Um, And yet his blindness uh, doesn't stop him from being not only a great hero, but a great lawyer as Matt Murdock. And, uh, you know, lots of people always say, well, don't you identify with Professor X more? And I would say, sure, because Professor X is in a wheelchair. But Professor X was also a professor too. He was well-to-do. Daredevil is more of a, you know, the common man, the everyday uh, hero, still kind of like Spider-Man with a, you know, to and he also also you know was able to do great things. Daredevil season three, by the way, I've talked about Daredevil before on one of my old podcasts, but season three is amazing. I'll maybe see if I can get a panel um on that later on, either this year or next year, um, depending on how the year for the podcast drops up, but. Anyway, uh, back to Stanley. So many of his characters were fantastic fantastical yet just so relatable to he was able to uh, do a perfect balance, which is what made the Marvel formula successful, but it was also very groundbreaking what he did uh, because back in the 50s, up until, you know, we started to um, started to shake things up, teenagers were sidekicks, um, you know, and even the full-grown adult heroes um, were, you know, even Batman to that point, yeah, I didn't really, uh, you know, mod- Batman back then in the 40s and 50s was not the Batman we think of now, you know, he was still kind of very, uh, lighthearted, very, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of flaws, was kind of, uh, impervious. And, uh, you know, the, the typical superhero was just an alpha male who had powers and who was very macho and, would always win against the the bad guy, and the the odds were, you know, mostly related to the villain and the superpowers, and it was all, uh, you know, very cut and dry, and the the pure would always win at the end of the day, and um, you know, it was the comic book industry became formulaic after a while. Um, Lee really shook up the way comic books were, um, you know, the way these stories were told. He put real, he basically put real life, uh, you know, people in these stories, gave them powers, but allowed them, and in some cases forced them to still keep their human flaws, despite these powers. And uh, that was what made him so successful. I, but I would also say that it was what made him a controversial figure at times. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could say, like I said, this isn't a political episode, but we do talk about free speech versus uh, censorship on this show. And uh, I guess, in a sense, you could say that Stanley was a champion for free speech and the expression of ideas um, and anti-censorship, particularly because there's one famous instance um, that you can read about in his autobiography where Stanley, back during the mid-60s, I think it was, uh, basically there was this academic professor and they're always causing problems as we all know there was this uh professor who had ran a paper on how comic books were making kids violent or how they it could lead to violent behavior uh sound familiar folks we've only heard about this you know with video games or toy guns or whatever have you and so you know the the fun place were uh, demanding that comic books be centered and we fought a pretty hard battle for quite a few years to show us the comic book that his comic books. Uh, although they covered uh, you know tough adult topics like drug use um, and like alcoholism with Iron Man and whatnot that they that they, not only were worth telling, but that they should be told um, because they could be used as a way to teach kids about good moral characters while also being relatable to adults. And obviously, we know how that turned out. Obviously, Stanley won at the time. You know, this was very controversial that he took these big, complex subjects that a lot of people, particularly back in the 50s and 60s, didn't think kids could handle. Uh, Didn't think they had the wherewithal to handle these tough topics. He was able to take these really complex subjects, put them in complex stories, and yet be relatable to the reader who may have been... Eight years old, all the way up to the the twenty year old college student who may have been reading them, and now obviously beyond too. And when you look back at some of those stories, yeah, I mean the the wording and the way he wrote things, you know, may have been full of alliteration and uh, you know whatnot. They were certainly colorful the dialogue may have been hokey at times but the ideas behind these stories were really really deep and obviously a lot of stanley's you know stories and the the origin stories they created for many of these characters um was very deep as well so as far as an influence you know from my childhood stanley and the the comic books he created were a huge huge part of my life growing up and that can't be uh, you know I can't state that enough now what a lot of people may not know about how Stanley inspired me and I, I don't think I've shared this with anyone before but Stanley also had a huge influence on uh, me as a creative person not a lot of people know this. In fact, I don't think I've ever shared this on my podcast before. But around the time my parents got divorced and even shortly thereafter, once I got into junior high slash middle school, whatever uh, the kids are calling it these days, I also became inspired by... Due to reading Stanley's autobiography, which I think is called *Excelsior*, um, I became inspired to write superhero short stories. And so I distinctly remember when I was in middle school, at least in my sixth, and I believe in my seventh grade year, we, I, I. The English class, I had, we always had free writing time, where we were basically allowed to write anything we wanted, uh, but we had to write in these classes classes for a couple minutes, you know, each time at the beginning of class and submit our stuff. So I basically created my own superhero universe where I had characters, and fictional cities, uh, sometimes, I remember, I would, uh, do my own fictionalized version of Denver, Colorado, where I, uh, grew up, much like Stanley, you know, did his own fictionalized version of New York, and I would, I would spin these, uh, tales, and I, I had my own super universe, and, uh, I, it was a great outlet for me to use my imagination and I, I loved it. Uh, can't remember remember any of the characters, um, that I created or really any of the stories I created anymore. I do remember that one of the other things I, I used to do, uh, along with that, I would always, because it was hard for me to write these stories out on pen and paper. i I would uh, record these stories onto an old uh, fashioned cassette recorder. Uh, this was two thousand you know five, two thousand six when I was doing this. so pre-podcasting era for sure. Um, but even so, I guess you could say in a way, Doing this narrative, you know, story got me used to talking into a microphone um, at the very least. I mean, I guess in that sense, it does tie into podcasting. Um, And so, you know, writing these short stories, these superhero stories and creating my own universe, in a sense... Inspired me to, you know, continue to write creatively. Now, obviously, since I'm older, I've switched into genres uh, like, you know, political thrillers. You know, that's that's mainly the genre that I've self published in. But I have often gone back and, you know, I've thought about, you know, maybe creating another more complex. Uh, you know, superhero universe. Now I am an adult. I I mean I don't I don't know, I don't know if if that really genre for you know written superhero literature is actually a thing. Um, although you know I could not make a thing. Um, I'm just kind of thinking out loud. You now about that. Regardless. Uh, by the way, I, I don't have any of the stories that I wrote. Um because they were all saved on an old laptop, on an old Dell laptop that I had used in middle school. And, you know, it died at some point along the way. It was like, when I got it, it was pretty old to begin with. Um, It was like a big, it was like my first laptop, and it was like one of those huge, like, you know, like, I think it was like, Four or five pounds at least, and it was really thick. I, I remember that for sure. Uh, and and back in those days, back in my day, you youngins, we didn't have a uh, cloud storage, you know, or, or backups, and or in the backups that you know were out there, they were all very expensive. So none of those stories got backed up regrettably. Um, even so though, I imagine I would want to start over all over again, because I can almost guarantee you that anything that was written by, uh, by a sixth grader or a seventh grader at the time, you know, is obviously, it's not going to win me any writing awards. That's for sure. Because, you know, it was written for, basically, I wrote these stories for myself, um, but You know, as I said, Stanley influenced that part of me, and to this day, I mean, I don't write fiction as much as I used to, mainly because I don't have time between college and doing this podcast and whatnot. But when I do, you know, in the back of my mind, I always think of how much Stanley influenced my creative uh, writing process. To begin with so uh really like i said in terms of you know influence uh stanley really did influence me on multiple levels i'm not just saying that um he's he's one of the few celebrities so i would say really did have an influence on my life now as far as his uh death goes, let me just say this. Um, obviously, I'm sad, like many of you. Strangely enough, though, I'm not really mourning. Um, I mean, obviously, the fact that we've lost an icon is indeed sad, but as I said at the beginning of this podcast, the guy who lived to be 95, which is a feat in and of itself, and he continued working, as far as I know, on various projects right up until the day he died, you know, and we may, depending on what those projects are, I don't know, I hadn't really followed him in a while, but depending on what those may have been, we may get to see, you know, some of his final work come to fruition in the next few years. Uh, Knowing him, he probably hired a good staff, so there's a good chance of that. Um, I also know that he had some uh, lawsuits going on and some, you know, legal problems with, like, an abusive, um, you know, elder caretaker. And also he had lawsuits against Marvel and whatnot. I don't want to focus on those. Other podcasts and other media outlets will obviously uh, focus on, you know, the controversies and whatnot, um, because they love to do that. But as I said, Stan is my childhood hero. Uh, I'm not going to taunt him that way, personally. Uh, I'm also not going to be reading any of this, uh, you know, stuff from the outrage mob on what a bad or, or horrible person Stan Lee is. A, a couple of people have, you know, tweeted me a link saying, oh, did did you see what what this blog or what they what they said about Stan Lee being, you know, a, a horrible human being? Uh, and look folks, let me let me just say this. I mean, I'm sure that Stanley Lee Stan is not perfect. He's infallible, like the like the rest of us. He's he 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 was he was human, but you know at the same time these outrage mob folks they love to get outraged because you know that's why they're called outrage mobs. And so if you've done anything successful, anything, you know worth sharing even on on the small level you know like I have if you have anything worth sharing with people creatively or otherwise there are always going to be people who are opposed to you or outraged by you because it's 2018 and we live in the age of social media and no matter what political uh, aisle you're on or, you know, religious or cultural background or whatever. It seems like someone is always going to be, you know, pissed at you for something. And Stanley is no exception. I, I guess the fact that people are outright trying, uh, that tells me that he's doing something right. Because, uh, you know, he made a legacy. And there are people who are all going to be pissed off by that because they're too stupid and miserable um, with the condition of their own life that they have to uh, you know shit on a great man like uh, Stanley and uh, you know like I said I'm not I'm not going to let any of these losers uh, tarnish my... Childhood hero. I may uh, I may read some of these later on just to kind of amuse myself and you know if uh, if I do read them I'll probably you know tweet reply at some of you uh, maybe I'll write something up later. I don't know. Uh, a couple of you sent me sent me links to these though. Asked me to comment on. Them and uh, let me just say this: I'm not going to give Stanley's haters the time of day, um, you know, so as to read these specific outrage columns. Just because they don't deserve them, they don't deserve my my these outrage mobs don't deserve my attention. Um, you know, I'm kind of already giving them too much attention. You know, just by talking about them. So, you know, I'm just going to continue celebrating Stanley's life and legacy and the good work that he did creatively. Obviously, he was flawed like the rest of us. But I'd like to think that he was a good man. And I certainly know that he made my life better. Through the stories that he uh, wrote and told, and uh, he he just made the world brighter, all in all, and he will be missed. And uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at the uh, shelf behind me. I I just looked over there a moment ago, and I I looked at the boxes of comic books that I have uh, on there. Some I haven't read in ages, but I know a lot of them were written by Stan Lee. And, uh, like I said, I'm not really grieving because he lives a long life and, uh, you know, at 95, he certainly he certainly deserves to rest in peace. But at the same time, I just do find it a little sad that my childhood era has passed on. Um, and I know many of you are too, so I just wanted to share my uh, experience, what Stanley meant to me, and uh, just to share with the audience that, like many of you, I too miss Stanley. He was a great man and he will be missed. So, uh, rest in peace, Stan. Excelsior. Uh, Also, real quick before we go, I do want to give a uh, quick shout-out, not that uh, he needs promotion because his podcast uh, has infinitely more listeners and infinitely more downloads than I do as of this time, but I would like to uh, recommend... If you're interested in hearing a fascinating interview with Stanley, my uh, my good Twitter buddy uh, Christian DMZ Christian Blatt who uh, is a former show producer for Dennis Miller's old radio show. Uh, he was lucky enough to interview uh, Stanley on a couple of occasions I remember. Uh, Stan Lee actually called into the Dennis Miller show a couple times over the, uh, the years, the old radio show. And uh, Dennis and Stan would talk, which to me is equally fantastic because Dennis Miller, another icon, another huge influence on my life in terms of pop culture. Those two together, man, it was fantastic. But I, uh, I know that Christian got to interview Stanley a few times. And um so he recently put out out an episode of his podcast, the black cast uh, basically replaying those interviews. So go check those out wherever um, the wherever you can find podcasts and I'll link to Krishna's episode in the podcast description because like i said even even though he doesn't really need the uh the shout out i'm going to give it to him anyway because he's an awesome guy but uh anyway folks i will be back uh for thursday and uh hopefully we'll have a regular show by then hopefully this election stuff will be figured out by then so thank you very much for listening to this uh impromptu podcast Uh, I just kind of hit the record button and uh, rambled on for the past 35 minutes, but I appreciate you sticking by me and uh, just allowing me to pour my heart out to you. Uh, Excelsior, ladies and gentlemen. God bless, and thank you for listening to the Whitefield Report.